Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. I need your help. I need your help uh, trying to understand something. I have for my uh, entire adult life uh, and extending b- b- before that, I have been interested in politics. I have been interested in uh, elected office and how those individuals who are elected to certain offices, how they represent their constituencies. I have uh, forever been a student of uh, like small government is good government, small government is best government. Uh, those entrusted to represent at the closest level, they are those who ought be making the decisions uh, which influence uh, their constituencies, right? We don't need uh, the federal government uh, to be making a decision that, say, a city council uh, is plenty, uh, plenty, plenty informed on making themselves. Okay, so here is my dilemma. Here is my dilemma. My overall attitude is that uh, the government closest to the people is best positioned to represent the people. Now, what if what if there is a dramatic difference of opinion in that most local level of government? Who do I side with? Who's who's the best position? Now, what am I what am I getting at here? You've heard this story. Uh, you, you heard the governor asked about this earlier today. It all stems from an hours long city council meeting which took place just last night in Provo. What happened was the the Provo City Council, uh, all seven members voted unanimously to pass an ordinance that would require all individuals living within or visiting Provo, Utah to wear a face covering while indoor or outdoor areas accessible to the public or in attendance at large gatherings. That is the general description of the face mask mandate which has been voted on and passed by the Provo City Council. Okay, so when I first heard that, I thought, okay, well, you, you know, I, I may not be a mandate guy, but they are the, the local representatives, and if they are feeling a certain way, if they, while taking the pulse of their constituency, feel that this is the desire and what would be best for the community of Provo, well, then all uh, that's fine. Until, until the very end of the city council meeting, which was uh, you know broadcast via Zoom, at the very end, uh, Provo Mayor, Mayor Michelle Kafusi spoke, uh, and she read uh, a statement. At least it, it appeared she was reading a statement, uh, and she uh, agreed that she and the city council have the same goals, but rather uh, they view the pathway towards accomplishing those goals to be very different. Here's the first part of the mayor's statement. Thank you for the concern you have for the welfare of Provo and its residents. I believe you and I are united in, des- in desiring to make Provo the best and safest place it can be. We're also united in our desire to see the highest possible rate of compliance 
with COVID-19 guidelines provided by the state. In other words, you and I have the same destination in sight. Where we part is on how we get there, which path to take. Okay. You see what's shaping up here. She continues talking about how Provo has been doing in battling the COVID-19 pandemic. Tonight, you have chosen the new path of a mandate, a law in the books that requires citizens to wear masks or face penalties imposed by the government. I favor staying on the path that we have been on until now, a path that I think has been highly effective in implementing a sea change in behavior throughout our city in a relatively short period of time. Our path so far has emphasized self-regulation and has tried to send a signal to residents that they are trusted and equal partners in this effort. We have implemented a a variety of positive educational campaigns to encourage mask wearing. You have helped with those and the citizens have responded. Through our collective efforts, yours, mine, and the citizens, Provo has remained in the yellow zone, meaning the level of state restrictions for Provo is low. Now, I have, over the past few days, tried to avoid all mask debate. I'm getting a little sick and tired of uh, masks, and I I know you are both wearing them and debating them. Uh, It's getting a little tiresome, but this is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Absolutely fascinating. In this final segment, which uh, wraps up the statement made uh, by Provo Mayor Michelle Kafusi, she describes why she, in fact, intends to veto this mandate. I believe that the path towards our destination of greater unity, harmony, and compliance for our city is the path we're already on. Let's enhance our campaign. Let's redouble our efforts. Let's engage incoming students and help more and more Provo residents choose to wear a mask. I believe that in our path forward, while a law requiring masks would be a step in the wrong direction. For all those reasons and for other reasons I have shared previously, I respectfully announce my intent to exercise my authority to veto this law. While I'm sure the veto is not welcome, I do hope you welcome my early announcement of it so that you know where I stand. Thank you, and I look forward to working with you to get closer and closer to our shared destination. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? These are all elected officials we're talking about. Elected officials representing Provo, Utah. The city council unanimously, 7-0, to zero, voted for this ordinance. The mayor, just there, uh, for about two minutes or so, explained her rationale as to why she, number one, doesn't agree with the method, doesn't agree that a mandate is required, and number two, taking it a step further, announcing her intention to veto the mandate, uh, a veto which she is uh, certainly empowered uh, to do. Now, on the flip side, the council can, uh, after a time, they can, if the mayor vetoes this, if she follows through with her assertion that she will uh, veto this, the council If two-thirds are in agreement, they can override the veto and thus uh, put in place uh, this ordinance in the city of Provo. I'd like to know what you think about this. There uh, were some public comments. I want to share those with you when we return. Also, the governor weighed in on this during his press conference earlier today. I'd be particularly interested in what you have to say. Why don't you pick up the phone? Uh, 801-575-TALK. That's 801-575-8255. Or feel free to send a text message to the Utah Community Credit Union text line that is 575 
1-800-273-0000. Next up, we'll hear from the community regarding this mandate, possible mandate, in Provo, Utah regarding masks. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.